Trouble comes calling for me. Well, I live the way I believe. When I'm backed up against the wall. What kind of heart do I have in my chest? Does it beat for my savior or just for my flesh? What will I do?
Good morning and welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song?
You may be seated. Well, good morning and welcome to worship. And if you are a guest worshiping with us, we are very glad to have you with us. We'd love to have a chance to meet you and give you a welcome gift. So if you'd like to stop by Next Steps, um, we can do that. Or you can also, if you're online, you can text once you guest to 94,000. There's a card in your seat back in front of you with more information on how to do that. Also information on how you can uh, get prayer requests to us so that we can include those in worship a little bit later in the service. And then during the next song, we're going to be passing our joy baskets. And that's an opportunity for us to worship God with our tithes and offerings, if you'd like. Again, there's more information on that card. And then on the back is some information about communion and what it means to us, uh, what, communi- what we believe communion is. And it's also a way for us to help prepare our hearts and our minds to receive communion. Tim. Hey, last weekend we hosted our fellowship fundraiser feast for the Haiti Project. And we had a goal of raising $6,000. Uh, and if you look up here, I've got a little bit of math. So our goal was 6000 but we actually raised $10,335. With our matching gift, that means we have $16,335, which will let us pack 54,450 meals. So give yourself a round of applause. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you all so much for being a part of that. Um, we were blown away by what we were what we raised. So uh, yeah, 54,000 meals and anything else that's given will go towards that. We're pretty, pretty close to 60,000 meals. Uh, so mark your calendars from March 26th at 10 a.m. We would love for you to come join us to uh, pack meals to bless the people of Haiti and uh, to get to know our community more and join in this mission together. That's great. Yeah. Um, we got something starting up here in a couple weeks. February 20th is we, we will start the walk to Jerusalem. So if you'd like to to take this time uh, as we get ready for Lent to be active, um, and we can chart our miles together to see if, as a congregation, we can make it to Jerusalem. Um, and that different ways that you can use activity to, to gain miles and record those, um, also including prayer, kids can do chores. So there's a way that all ages and abilities can be involved in our walk to Jerusalem. It also involves weekly devotions as well as we think about Lent and look towards Holy Week. So if you'd like more information on that, you can stop by Next Steps as well. Um, And then also we have the Reverend Dr. Justin Hanneman with us today to lead us in worship and provide God's word for us. So Justin, thank you for being with us. And Justin has more letters after his name than I can remember. I think he could start his own alphabet, actually, with all the letters after his name. But um, thank you for being with us and blessing us.
girls come on up front for the kids message all right make your way on up right here you can find a seat on the floor pass the peanut butter out now that's a good thought what you'll see just in a minute what we do with the peanut butter and but speaking of that I do need three volunteers so I need three volunteers to help me any kids want to Blake you want to help all right come on up Anybody up? Two more volunteers? All right, come on up. Yep, come up. All right. So, you know what? You never know what you're going to have to do when you volunteer at a kid's message, do you? No. But I never know what you're going to do when I ask you up here to, to volunteer. So, um, we're kind of in the same boat. But I've got three knives, and I've got some peanut butter. Have you ever seen what it looks like when a dog gets peanut butter caked on the roof of their mouth? Have you ever seen that happen to a dog? No, it's kind of funny because it gets caked up and they just, and they just lick and lick and lick, try to get the peanut butter off the top of their mouth, but we're not going to do that. I won't do that to you. All right. I won't cram the peanut butter on your roof of mouth. But we're, what we're going to do is I'll hand out these knives. All right. Be careful with the knife. I just realized what that sounded like. 
be careful with the knives. They are butter knives. But, but what you're going to do is you're going to hold it with two fingers like this, okay? Hold it right on the end with two fingers. All right. You hold that one with two fingers. All right. There you go. And you're going to see if you can hold this peanut butter up on the end of the knife, okay? You ready? You got it? Oh, my goodness. There goes a flying knife. This is great. I should have thought through this a little bit more. There you go. Spoons, that would have been safer, wouldn't it? Yeah. Blake, you think you can do it? You got it? Ready? Oh, no. You... All right. You're big and strong. You got this, right? Are you ready? No. None of you can hold up the peanut butter on the knife. Well, I've got an idea. I think there's a way that we can do this so you can hold up the peanut butter. All right? All right. You want to come over here on this side? Because we'll all have to work together. All right? Step right over here. All right, now, you want to bring your knife over, and we're going to set it right like that. Go ahead and put your finger down on that. Hold your knife. There you go. And then you bring yours over here. All right, just, okay, let go of it for a second. Now just hold it down with your, with your finger. There you go. All right, come on over, and you're going to put your finger on yours. All right. You guys, don't move your hands, all right? You're just holding it with one finger, right? You think you can hold it? You've got, look at that. You guys are working together to hold it up with one finger. Okay, now slowly take your fingers off. You guys are still holding it up. How'd you do that? <laughs> That's amazing. You guys are amazing. All right, you can go ahead and have a seat, all right? Thank you for your help. You did a great job. Are you guys getting tired holding that peanut butter up? It's kind of a long time. No? Why not? You've been doing stuff longer than that? Yeah? And are you really holding up the peanut butter anymore? No, you're not, are you? No, it's staying up all by itself. Isn't that amazing? Well, you know what? That makes me think of something that Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Let's read what it says. Jesus says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Isn't that awesome that Jesus invites us to bring our burdens to him because he knows there's some tough things that happen in this world. And we can find tough things in our lives. It could be at school, maybe with a classmate or some homework you're doing could be really tough. Maybe it's at home with family, or it could be with friends, right? But Jesus knows that we'll run into some tough things in this life, and he invites us to come to him and bring those burdens to him, and he will carry the weight of them. And it says his yoke is, is easy, and my burden is light. So Jesus wants to exchange the heavy burdens that we have to carry. He wants to carry those so he can give us his peace, his joy, his love, his forgiveness, his rest. And so that's what Jesus' yoke is like. He can carry those burdens so that we don't have to. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? That's good news. What do you say we pray? All right, we'll fold our hands, bow our heads, and you can repeat after me. Lord Jesus, thank you that we can bring the hard stuff of life to you. 
please carry the heavy loads and give us your loving peace. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head back to your seats, but thanks for coming up. And you know what? You could try this, this knife trick at home with your family and talk about what it means for Jesus to carry your burdens.
invite you to rise. As we begin this service of the sacrament, we do so in the name of God the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, if we say we have no sins, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not found in us. But if we confess our sins to God who is faithful and just, he will forgive us our sins, and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's take a minute to do that, to confess our sins, and prepare our hearts and minds for the sacrament. We confess together, most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. And that's what he does. He renews us, forgives us, leads us. It is my joy to announce to you that your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, did take bread and after he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper. And after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you. Amen. You may be seated. At the mention of his name, walls crumble, lives are changed. In the midst of life's temptations, well, he's there to see us through. This man of which I speak is here today for you. His name is Jesus, but you can call him as you please. They call him Emmanuel, the King of all kings. He's the Son of the Father, the Prince of Peace. Call him Hosea. 
Many times I've called his name, prayed for forgiveness when used in vain. There's a peace in knowing that his forgiveness stays the same. Most famous in history, things he spoke, the whole world still name is Jesus. You can call him as you please. They call him Emmanuel, the king of all kings. Well, he's the son of the father, the prince of And now may this, the very body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Depart in his peace and in his joy. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Father, we just thank you and praise you that we're able to come to you, that you're always there for us. A prayer for a blessed happy birthday to my two amazing daughters, Sandra and Serenity. Thank you, God, for 15 wonderful years with Serenity and 20 wonderful years with Sandra. They are the biggest blessings in my life. 
a prayer for a blessed 15th birthday for my sister on Thursday. Prayer, Jesus, that we ask that you continue to pour out your love and peace and strength and healing on Nancy. A prayer for my half-brother to get the help that he needs. Prayers for dependable workers that would be sent to my friend's new business. And in the meantime, give their family strength to handle the stress of additional work. Prayer for my brother to overcome his alcohol addiction. A prayer for the family that lost three precious children. I would ask the Lord to be with them as they lay their precious children to rest. Please give them the abundance of strength and love in your precious name, Lord. A prayer of praise that Sawyer and his roommates found a house. A prayer for peace and strength as my daughter battles depression. A prayer for my sister that she is able to fight her demons and can once again return to God. A prayer that God will lead me in the direction he has called me and to help me fight any obstacles that try to stand in my way of doing God's work. A prayer for my daughter that she fully recovers from mono and that she has no residual illness or issues. Lord, we just thank you for all the prayers here, the spoken and unspoken, Lord, that we can come to you at any time and lay them at the foot of the cross and, and that you will bear them up and carry us. Join me as we say the Lord's prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Morning. Nice to see you all again. Um, it's a pleasure to be back with you. Um, some of you might recognize me. I was here a few years ago, before Pastor Jim took the call, I was uh, the vacancy pastor here, and that was, that was very much a blessing to me. Um, so it's nice to see some familiar faces. And for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name's Justin. Uh, I'm the CEO of Grace Point Institute. And we have counseling offices in Lincoln and in Omaha. And then we do a lot of consulting with the church at large all the way across the country. So. Uh, recently, this, in this last week, we've cared for people from California and New Jersey uh, and points in between. So we, uh, we try to offer care in Christ's name, uh, and, and it's been a blessing to lead that organization now uh, into our 10th year. Um, as we begin today, um, I, I, it's hard to follow up um, peanut butter magician stuff, but I'm going to do the best that I can. We're going to talk about bearing one another's burdens. And as we turn to God's word, let's, let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, most of all, we thank and praise you for bearing our burden, that most heavy of burdens, our sin, and for bearing it all the way to the cross and leaving it there and exiting that tomb. The death that would be ours, you took and, and you rose for us bearing our burdens eternally, and, and for that we give you thanks. Equip us, motivate us, um, move us 
to bear one another's burdens in your name. Amen. So let's just start uh, with Galatians 6. This is kind of uh, serves as the focal point of our meditation today. Galatians 6, verse 1. We'll begin with 1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. So right here at the outset, there's a couple of really key points in this text. You who live by the Spirit. Well, Galatians 6 follows Galatians 5, I think, which makes sense. But you may not remember exactly what's in Galatians 5. In Galatians 5, we hear about the fruits of the Spirit. How many of you remember the fruits of the Spirit? All of these wonderful characteristics of life in the Spirit. So following all of that in this letter to the Galatians, Paul is saying, Now, you who live by the Spirit, restore those who are struggling with gentleness right, with humility, don't go in there guns blazing, because pride might get the best of you, and you might be struggling with the same thing. So right here in verse 1, he's setting up uh, this call of verse 2, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens, and fulfill the law of Christ. We're going to talk about bearing burdens, but first I want to talk about the law of Christ. Does that kind of, I mean, that kind of sounds odd. Law of Christ. We know like law of God, that makes sense to us. We know what happens when our sin bumps up against the law of God, right? It hurts. It stings. But we know that the law is good for us. We know that it is his perfect and holy will for his creation. But for sinners who bump up against the law, it doesn't always feel good. And you may remember, um, or, or not, from a confirmation class uh, way back when, maybe for some of you, that the law functions in three ways. The law functions as a curb, right? Keeps us on the path. We bump up against it and it keeps us on the path. A mirror that shows us our sin and our need for Jesus. Without it, we wouldn't know we needed him, right? But it also functions as a guide out in front, leading us. The law is good in that way. It leads us uh, and, and guides us into the Christian life. So the law is good, but it, but it hurts. But the law of Christ is different. The law of Christ is a law of love. It's a law of grace. It's a law of forgiveness. It's this law of restoration. Verse 3. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Okay, this is where I kind of get a little confused by Paul. Do you get confused too? Bear one another's burdens, but carry your own load. Which one is it, Paul? <laughs> well, it's both. It's both. There will be a day when we won't be bearing one another's burdens anymore. When as individuals, we will have to stand before our Lord and give account. And you stand there as an individual and there will be no load sharing there. On that day, we don't want to hear the words, depart from me, I never knew you. We want to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, come with me. Okay, 
on that day, we know that we will hear those lovely words because of Christ bearing our burdens. But in the meantime, we have to bear one another's burdens so that they see Jesus, so that they see who he is. We know that the grace of God will cover us on that last day. But until then, we have to bear each other's burdens. We have to walk with one another. And I think this text has so many implications for us, uh, especially in these days. Um, the last couple of years, have, I think, have been really challenging, and the burdens are real. The burdens are real right now. People are anxious. Division and broken relationships can be found at pretty much every level of our society. Suspicion, skepticism, slander, gossip, all this stuff is taking place. And what, what it yields is, it is like a reflexive mistrust of everything and everyone. And division, this is not of God. And so when individuals, couples, families, communities, churches, entire societies function under the weight of that much skepticism and mistrust, mistrust and suspicion, what happens? Things break down and people suffer a great deal. And Grace Point and, and me as a clinician and as a supervisor of clinicians, I, we're seeing a lot of this now. We're seeing a lot of people suffering under the weight of that. And so here are some of the burdens that Grace Point sees the most of lately. And it's important to note they come in two types, both the burdens that you bear because you did something dumb, right? Those things that kind of come from inside of you, the burdens that aren't anybody else's fault but your own, okay? But there are also burdens that people don't ask for and they sure don't deserve, and they come, and God's the God who takes all that away, who will bear all of those burdens for us, both the ones inside and the ones that are in all of our systems that are in this broken world. But these are the ones that we're seeing the most. Relational brokenness of all kinds, but particularly in marriage, chronic and persistent anxiety, an increase in chemical and process addictions. Um, so when the pandemic started, alcohol sales in Nebraska went up 54% and they haven't come down. That's the truth. Chemical and process addictions, we're seeing a lot of people suffer with obsessive thought. That they wear the t-shirt that says, hang on while I overthink about it. Right? That happens a lot. Trying to control that which they can't control in an effort to feel better. Grief, we see a lot of grief and decision fatigue. And what's most bothersome to us is seeing children suffer. Right? People, these, these kids um, who, who are suffering. How many of you have heard of the term ACE? ACEs. Okay? ACEs stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences. And for decades, the CDC has been tracking ACEs. We saw an, incredible, uh, an incredibly high uptick in ACEs uh, during the pandemic. And again, those numbers haven't come down. For example, um, at the ER, I was talking to, with, with a doctor recently, um, and, and his anecdotal perception was mirrored by what 
the, the CDC is saying that overall, under 18 um, ER admissions are coming down because people aren't doing anything. It's hard to go to the ER when you're, you know, thumb sore from playing video games, right? They're not out living and needing to go to the ER. But they have seen an up, up to, in, in most places, 40% increase in mental health admissions for people under 18. This, this is not good. These are real burdens that people are facing in this world. We just listen to prayers. These are real burdens. A lot of these kids are in families, right, that, that entered into the pandemic on, on the edge. I think I, I call it the windshield effect. You know what happens when you have chips in your windshield and you enter into one of these Nebraska winter, winters? What happens? Crack all the way across. First, first pothole, boom, all the way across. Why? Well, the cold makes it more fragile, and it, and it shows you where it was weak. A lot of families entered into this pandemic with a lot of, uh, without margin. And many of us may feel like we're getting back to normal, but there was never a normal for them to go back to. So we have to bear one another's burdens. The burden is real. And the church, which is the people of God, are called to be light in these dark times. And I've heard church leaders um, rail against the authorities and against the leaders and all the mismanagement and here and there. And I've, I've heard sweeping solutions from pulpits and, uh, and from talking heads on TV. But you know what I don't hear enough of? Bear one another's burdens with love. And so fulfill the law of Christ. That has been the tool of the church since they were in the catacombs under the, facing the penalty of death for being Christian. And, and in every age, every dark age since, the answer has been bearing one another's burdens with love, with humility, to restore one another gently. This is our call. This is what we do to push back. Now, I've noticed in my own life that it has been extraordinarily difficult. Uh, the last two years, as a, as a caregiver, um, as a therapist, uh, as, as a father, as a husband, has been challenging. Um, and I think it's particularly challenging uh, to bear other, others' burdens when we feel like there's chips in our own windshields. But if we all act like that, none of us will care for one another. The fundamental truth is that none of us have broad enough shoulders for these burdens. None of us do. And thanks be to God, we, do, we don't bear up underneath them. Christ does. The creator of the universe bears up underneath them. This isn't a weak power we're talking about. The one who spoke the whole world into existence is the one that we take into those situations of care. And so at times I feel very small and insufficient in the face of such darkness. And I know that these burdens that, that we talked about and, and others may feel um, too big for us, but they are not too big for Christ. So in his name and, in, and by his power, I have seen mental illness re reversed 
and clarity of mind return. I've seen addictions go away. I've seen marriages restored where bitterness and contempt ruled the day. I've seen children find and be given a setting to grow and develop in peace. When the people of God bear one another's burdens. These things happen. They happen at Grace Point every day. They happen at this church. We're called into this. And we're called into this because of what Greg shared with these children that is true for them and true for us. That Christ bore our burdens. We have security. We have an eternal security. We don't have to feel big enough to bear burdens because we know he is. So if fear of not being enough has you avoiding the call of caregiving, I I would encourage you to remember this. It isn't you bearing up underneath it. It is this all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving God who came down, who bore your burdens, and gives you eternal life. And he did so because of love, this law of love that he fulfilled, that we cannot. And we know that this love bears all things, it believes all things, hopes all things, and it endures all things. This is the love that motivates us. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. I invite you to rise as we confess that faith, the faith in that love, using the words of the Apostles' Creed. We confess together, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now go with the blessing of our God. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you all. Amen.
Yeah. 